Well, thank you so much. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Ellie, for doing that every week. Uh, and thank you for being here. You know, this is great. This is great that we get to do this together. And we're here at the beginning of the semester, at the beginning of 2022. And I have just great expectations for what God wants to do through us, like as a group, and in you, in your life. And especially the fact that you chose to be here, like right now, tonight, um, is, is great. It's awesome. It's a great sign because the, that communicates to me that you're interested in starting your year, starting your spring semester, uh, right. <laughs> We're starting it with an emphasis on growth, on community, and really trying to dial in just your relationship with God. Uh, and wh wherever you are at in your spiritual journey, I think that's the whole, the whole point of this space for us to be in with the worship music and with the speaking and all the, just the fun stuff that we get to do is this is for, this is for anybody, you know? And so wherever you're at in terms of your closeness to God, or maybe you're still just trying to check this thing out, um, you're welcome here. You belong here. And I mean that, all right? And so we're getting into this new year and that means new, uh, series. And so as you can see, we're, uh, we're really, uh, you know, going for it, <laughs> I guess. We were trying to figure out, okay, what would be a good, like, interesting, relevant series for college students? Um, and yeah, I think this is, this is that, I suppose. You know, I, uh, it's kind of heavy. It's kind of a lot to think about, like, oh my gosh, like how, and I've been like preparing for weeks, just like, oh my gosh, how do I talk about love, sex, and relationships? And so, honestly, like, I'm pretty intimidated by our subject matter tonight, but hopefully this is valuable to you, honestly, why we're getting into this is because it's not that I don't trust you to be able to handle your dating, your relationships on your own. Um, but the fact is we just are in a world where it's just culture and comedia and all these different things just are swirling around us, giving us all kinds of different ideas as to what, what it means to, to love somebody, what like the value of sex in our lives and how we go about doing relationships with, uh, with the opposite sex and just like the different ways that we um, deal with all these different <laughs> problems, really, you know, these are really challenging things. And I want to, I want to touch on these things because it's confusing. It's difficult. And hopefully through no, uh, know-how of my own, but through God's spirit working through his word, we can try to kind of break through that fog a bit, some of that kind of confusion that surrounds these, this topic. And so, because I believe that approaching these subjects in, an, in a God-honoring way, that's going to bring clarity, it's going to bring success in your relationships. And so, what we're talking about tonight is, well, basically the next three weeks, my plan here is to talk about these three things, just in sequence, love, sex, relationships. Make sure to come next week. Uh, so, so starting this week, we're talking about love. And specifically, I'm trying to, I'm cranking it up a little bit. True love. True love. What's, what is that? I'm kind of, you know, mentioning this because it's something that's just sort of in our minds. And maybe it sounds like a fantasy to you. But what exactly, I'm curious here, folks. Just like, just ponder with me for a second. What does it mean to you when I say the phrase true love? What is that, what image does that conjure up? Just be thinking about that. And I ask that, and, and I think about myself, I think about just 
the things that I tend to think about, and maybe you're the same way, it's probably like movies, <laughs> TV, or songs, maybe even books, as a way of picturing true love. It's this thing that's been sort of just represented in all kinds of media, in all kinds of ways, just culturally, just around us. And a lot of these things, these, are, these can be some really beautiful expressions, really, of love and of emotion, but the reality is that these media portrayals, they do affect us emotionally, but sometimes they do not translate to reality. There might be, you know, a certain kind of, I don't know, lyric in a song paired with that chord that really, really like just makes you feel something, you know, or maybe just two characters in a movie that really make you feel something. And that's kind of maybe my idea sometimes of what true love is, you know, we kind of get it from these different sources. And so what, what's a proper source for this? Um, and so as I'm thinking about these things, one, one thing that comes to my mind as I've been thinking about just, okay, what's like a, an interesting picture of true love as we think about it. So Grey's Anatomy. So I don't watch, I don't watch, I don't watch Grey's Anatomy, but my wife watches Grey's Anatomy. And so sometimes she's watching it, it's on, I'm in the room, I'm, I get invested a little bit, to be completely honest, you know? It's, it's just, and then most of the time with those shows, I just sort of end up kind of disliking every character in some way or another. It's kind of, maybe it's a problem of mine. But basically, there's an iconic scene in the show, Grey's Anatomy. And I don't know, maybe, maybe this is just a thing for all of Grey's fans that's just like, oh, this is the scene or whatever. But uh, Dr. Meredith Grey is pouring her heart out to this love interest of hers that is the guy for the series. And she's saying, I love you, and I want to be with you, and all these different things. Is this kind of, uh, you know, people are starting to pick up what I'm doing. She, this crescendos, this monologue of hers, as she's just desperate, she's pleading with him to, to come to her because uh, he's interested in somebody else. And she says, pick me, choose me, love me, right? <laughs> Did anybody do it with me? Uh, now, you might have a certain, certain kinds of reactions to that phrase. Pick me, choose me, love me. And, and for some of us, this is like, man, this is very silly. I don't, I can't really take this seriously. Or, or over, you know, maybe it's over the top. And for some of us, it's like, this is a very moving thing. And maybe you did see this on TV and we're like, wow, this is, this is a big deal. Because you are, you know, actually invested in these characters. Um, like, like I might be. So, <laughs> but as I was thinking about this, while I, I want to poke fun at it maybe, you know, or, but I, I realize I, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't criticize this. I shouldn't criticize this, this plea of Meredith Gray's to be, to be picked, to be chosen, to be loved. Why? Because there, there is this kind of emotional resonance to this idea where we are all, you and I, are desperate to be loved. And, and th this kind of expression makes sense to us when, when we don't yet understand the love of a savior. In, in everyday life, we are all in this level of just desperation 
And maybe we won't express it in that particular way, but I think deep down, whether you call it true love or not, we want to be loved. And perhaps we want to be loved by a particular person. And maybe they're not noticing you or whatever, you know, there's all these kind of feelings that surround this that I understand because uh, I've, I've been in that situation. And, and so I'm not here to criticize, but I want to mention these two, there are two problems with Meredith Gray's approach in this, in this scene, in this line. And the first of these is that this approach is it's self-seeking, right? Like, pick me, choose me, love me, right? Who's this about? It's about me. And you can argue with me about, you know, okay, like the virtues of the, this character in the show or whatever. But the, the bottom line is like, okay, I need you to gratify desire within me. Now, once again, I'm not poking at this. It's just, this is, there's a problem here, right? We, we kind of understand, like, this shouldn't be a self-centered, a self-seeking motive here. And we all want to be loved, but we don't know how to go about this in a way that is others first. And so we tend to just sort of pick me, you know, love me, right? This is uh, this conventional love. It falls short because it's about us. And we're trying to have our desires our, for affection, et cetera, to be gratified by another person, another human being. And the second problem with the approach that's in this line is that this is significant. This approach believes that another person can meet our need for true love. It's an assumption that we make. If I, if I pour my heart out to somebody and an expression of love, pick me, choose me, love me, that sort of implies that I believe that you can complete me in some way. And this is a cultural misunderstanding that we fall into. And maybe you have somebody in your mind right now that's like, oh my gosh, uh, if only they you know, noticed me or loved me, then I would, then I would be complete. Then I'd be happy. I've, I've been in that situation, everybody. Like, honestly, <laughs> I'm, I'm letting you know where it's like, man, that is, that's it. If I received love from that person, then I would be complete. Or even if you're just clueless about who that could possibly be, um, perhaps you're just like, man, I just want that. I want that companionship. Or if it's just um, a sexual experience or sexual partner or just a boyfriend or a girlfriend, you, whatever you're looking for here, um, what matters is that, like, yes, I want to be loved. And no human being was designed to be able to complete you. No human being was designed to be able to complete you. And so that's, that's so significant for us to realize that as we look around and we're trying to think and we have all this input from the shows that we watch and the movies we watch and et cetera, that tells us that we just got to find our person. Um, I think that's another Gray's reference. Um, and, uh, and that will be complete, right? And so this is about gratifying our desires versus glorifying God through our desires. This is about gratifying my desires versus glorifying God through my desires. Ultimately, God is the answer here in the sense that he wants the best for us. It's not about just getting rid of our desires. It is about using our desires in a way that is glorifying to God. And so first we can find, I want to get into this here for the rest of this message, but we can find our wholeness, our completeness in the love that God offers and in no other source in the same way.
And I'm not saying like love does not exist. I'm not saying that marriage is bad. But this simply, we need to understand the, the rankings here, the priority. And God is able to complete you and no spouse is able to do that. But you can live in his, uh, for his glory through your relationships, through the, how you date, through who you marry, through how you uh, express yourself through love. And so in Psalm 37, 4, it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart, Psalm 37, 4. And it's like these desires are, are valuable to God. Like he cares. He's not over here just like, oh, you can't have sex. You can't feel this way. You can't, you know, be, you know, completed by this person. But he, he, want, he understands that these desires exist within you. And as you conform or rather adhere to his boundaries that he's set up, that he's designed us to live by, as human beings, as biological human beings, um, with, with emotions, with our desires, with everything that makes us up, uh, if we live by that design, then our lives are going to go well. And as God becomes the source, as God becomes the subject of your affection, all other areas of life will be transformed. And you're going to see a lot of changes in a good way. You're going to see just... Any other kind of love that you could give to another person is elevated by the presence of God and his love put into your life, into your heart. And so that's what I want to just look at for the next little while here is four facets to true love that we see in God our Father as we see in Jesus through his sacrifice for us, as we see through the Holy Spirit and the way that he helps us and provides for us. So the first of these facets is that true love is supernatural. Supernatural. That's a little blank there if you're interested in filling out the blanks. True love is supernatural. What I mean by that is that true love comes from God himself. This is the truest form of love that we could ever understand. The Bible says that God is love. And that means that he is loving by nature. And sets, he sets the standard for love. In 1 John 4, 9, it says, we love because he first loved us. Once again, all of our expressions of love are ultimately derived from the kind of love that he had to create us and to give us salvation and to give us meaning and purpose in our lives and to enjoy each other, both in, in fellowship and just enjoying his creation and also enjoying the value of love, sex, and relationships, Right? And then in Romans 5, 5, it says, And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. The Holy Spirit is part of God. It is part of the Trinity. He's part of the Trinity of God. And the Holy Spirit is given to you when you choose to follow Christ. And when he's in you, when he's been given to you, God's love is poured into your heart. God's love is poured into your heart, one, to make you whole, to fill that, that gap, that peace of you. And also, so that you can bestow, so that you can express that love to others, right? Experiencing and expressing true love is what we're after here. 
And so Romans 5, 5, it says that God's love has been poured into your heart if you have received his free gift of eternal life. And so moving on to facet number two, true love is unconditional. True love is unconditional. What does unconditional love mean? It means that it means loving someone in spite of their brokenness, in spite of their failure, in spite of their sinfulness, their uncleanness, whatever things get in the way of making it doable, making it easy to love people. And the thing we need to realize is that we are sinful. We are sinful human beings by nature. It's, it's just part of who we are. It's part of who I am, guys. I'm sinful by nature and I'm broken. And as we understand that, we, that can lead to a, a sense of brokenness over this reality. That's a, that's a hard truth to swallow. But we are in need not only of completeness through God's love, but we're in need of restoration. And only God can supply that. Only God can supply the wholeness that we're searching for through a true love. And only God can supply the restoration, the salvation that comes for, through eternal life that he provides. Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrates. He, he shows us. He displays his, his own love for us, for you and for me with all of our brokenness, with all of our problems, with all of our, our sin, our, the evil that lurks within me, honestly. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. True love is unconditional. He did not wait around for you to get better, for you to be fixed in order to extend his love to you. And so God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And this leads us to a third truth here, a third facet. Christ died for us, right? True love is then sacrificial. Christ died for us and therefore true love that only God gives is sacrificial in nature. And so Jesus, in fact, in John 15, verse 13, Jesus says this, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And he, he proved it. <laughs> Jesus himself proved this thing he said by sacrificing himself. Jesus was sent by God on the first mission trip to live as a man and to die as a man and to experience resurrection. And through that, through his sacrifice and through his resurrection, we are born, we are able to be born again and to experience new life and to experience the love that he promises. In 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 15, it says, For Christ's love compels us, compels us. It, it drives us towards something. What does Christ's love compel us toward? Because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all that, this is what it compels us to, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them, and was raised again. 
And in this here, this is what Christ's love compels us to do, is that we would live no longer for ourselves. And so this is not only Christ's sacrifice displayed for us, God demonstrating his own love for us, but the sacrifice that we get to make as we embody God's love, as we, as we express God's love, the true love that only he gives by the way that we sacrificially, the way we selflessly express God's love to others, to any relationship that you're in, be it with your friends, be it with your family, and be it with your spouse, be it with your boyfriend, your girlfriend, whatever. And so that love covers all the bases in terms of our relationships. Number four, true love is intentional. True love is intentional. And what I mean here is that God chose to love you. God chose to love you. Not only did God, well, first of all, his love, his supernatural love, it's not just a thing. It's like he cares. He is kind. It is, it is a felt thing. I don't understand how God or any God could feel a certain thing. I don't know. It's just hard to, for me to understand. But he feels love toward you. And he chose, he decided to love you. And just like in Sammy's story in that video, right? He didn't, he, I did not, he, we did not choose him, but he chose us. There it is. We did not choose him, but he chose us and appointed us in order to bear fruit, fruit that would last. John 15, 16. And so this last verse here says, all praise to God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us, to adopt you into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do. And it gave him great pleasure. It gave him great pleasure to adopt you into his family. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. Now, it's my turn to plead with you. If you do not already belong to his dear son, if you've not already committed your life to following Christ, I just want to say this is the best life that there is. There is no better way to experience or to express love and life and all other things that, that this life encompasses than choosing to accept this free gift of eternal life, the free gift of adoption into God's family. If you have not chosen to do this, there's on your connection card, there's a little box you can check. I'm giving my life to Jesus to know and follow him. If that's you tonight, you can check that later or now. I don't care. But uh, this is a way that you can indicate and you should, you should let somebody know. Like this is the decision that I'm choosing to make because maybe God's tugging on your heart. Maybe God wants to do something special in your life in 2022, in, in the rest of your life, to make a difference for his kingdom, to work in your life, to transform all your relationships from being potentially destruct destructive or painful or just 
difficult to deal with, confusing perhaps. He can transform all that. And while life isn't perfect, regardless of where you're at here, um, life isn't perfect, but he promises to be with you and to empower you with his love in order to do all things. God chose you. God did not fall in love with us. That's a, that's a phrase we like to use. I fell in love. This character in a movie, the fall in love, right? It's kind of part of this pretend, potentially silly ideal that we have about, about love. He did not fall in love with us. He chose. We, we're the ones who fell. <laughs> we fell in our sin, in our wrongdoing against God, in spite of God's love, and he chose to love us anyway. And that, that's a powerful truth. We fell and he chose to love us anyway. And so that was a choice that he made for you if you decide, if you have decided to follow Christ with your life, to be adopted into his family, to belong to his dear son. As we come to a close here, I just want you to, to ponder some of these things. Perhaps you need to respond to God's love for the first time by committing your life to Christ. If that's you, once again, check a box, talk to somebody, and let's experience that new life together. And then also, you know, if this is not new to you, but you are wanting to just ponder these things, consider, I want us all to consider how you can love others in a way that reflects God's love. What are these attributes of unconditional, unconditional love and sacrificial love and intentional love that you can, that you can embody this week through God's power alone? This is a supernatural work that God does in you through the Holy Spirit poured into you, right? And then think about reprioritizing your life so that God is the most important love of all and that you're not over here, you're, anxious, you're not over here anxious about who's going to love you tomorrow because God does. And you can find joy and love and rest and peace in knowing that he loves you to the end of time, no matter what you do. But make sure that God is the most important love of all and that you are satisfied in him and all these other things and you know who you date in college, who you marry, all these different elements that are so such beautiful gifts in life that I can attest to that come together in the most harmonious way when we make God the center of them and that he is our truest love in our life. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for every person here, for you, the access that we have to you as our Father. Thank you so much for your love demonstrated, your love displayed to us, before us, so that we can experience true love through you, and we can even express that love in a sacrificial, loving way to others as a way of just expressing our gratitude, as a way of just exploring our purpose in life. And so please, let us come away from here ready to be taught by you, ready to learn more about what it means to follow you, to love you, and to love people, and to go about love, sex, and relationships in a way that is glorifying to you ultimately. Thank you, Lord, and I pray that you would 
use these truths in our lives, in our hearts, to change us in some impactful way tonight. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.